You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Sometimes I just got to let that go for the music just to... Are you dancing? ...to hear the strumming going on. <laughs> this is Sexy Marriage Radio. Thanks for joining us. Where we love that you take time out of your week every week, usually, to invite us into your world. And it's an honor to be a part of your life. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for taking time out of your day to spend a little bit with us. We love hearing from you also. If you've got something that you've got a question, comment concern, anything like that, please send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes. We love having reviews, so that way it climbs the chart in the sexuality category and it spreads the word that married sex is the hotbed for sex because we want to honor that and believe strongly in that cause. So we are looking forward to just more, more shows, more opportunities to go places maybe we haven't gone yet. And that leads to an interesting thing. Where have you not gone yet with your spouse in your marriage? And I'm not asking you specifically, Shannon. I'm asking our listeners. Because I know you'll answer that question. (laughs) Actually, I may have a hard time answering that question. (laughs) Oh, well, hello. Um, You you mentioned uh, that people are listening weekly, and we are so grateful for all of our faithful followers. It's really weird to think, though, Corey, how many emails we get for people who say that they are binge listeners, that they discover it, and then they just start listening to episode after episode. I would think that that would be pretty weird that our voices are in their head for hours a day, for days on end sometimes, (laughs) until they get caught up. Yeah. But um, what an honor. What a privilege. It It really is. Yeah, that sets up those scenarios where I've had this once where I was sitting at Panera working because that's where I go every morning typically to write uh, right by my house. And I had a listener come by and say, hey, Corey. And it's like he knew me. And I'm like, that's strange because I am <laughs> just now meeting you, but you already know pretty much a lot about me. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah, I was having uh, dinner the other di- the other night, and a lady overheard me mention Sexy Marriage Radio, and she perked up and she said, "I knew your voice sounded familiar. Are you Shannon Etheridge?" Awesome. <laughs> she, said, she said, "Now that I know you're local, I'm going to tell my pastor. He needs to have you come speak in our church." Awesome. <laughs> And hey, Corey, speaking of speaking in churches, I had a cool experience. I mentioned last week that I had um, gotten to speak in a Baptist church to a group of women. And I'll never forget being on that stage and actually saying the word orgasm in the sermon on a Sunday morning in a church building. And I just stopped. I froze. And I said, can we say that in church? And then I said, well, God did create it, just yep. like he created the trees and the butterflies. He yep. created an orgasm. And it was like, yay, God. And everybody started clapping. <laughs> yes, God <laughs> is finally getting the credit he deserves. Absolutely. <laughs> so I'm wondering, though, because, you know, we've we've done a lot of shows. We, You know, you and I have been doing this show for over a year and a half almost. And, and I've loved every minute and, of it. Yeah, and it's been fantastic because we can just, you know, I, I know we are a voice that there is a void in this arena of just really a proponent of married sex and, and wanting it to be good, specifically for Christians. But just Wanting it to be great. Well, that, yeah. there you go. But, but, it, but just in general, that we want to uphold and honor the sacredness that is married sex. And... 
And so there's lots of things I know we haven't discussed. And there's some parts of, of that that, you know, of that relationship that maybe we won't ever discuss just because there's so many facets and so many little rabbit trails we could follow. But one thing I'm thinking of, because we've had a, a, a slew of emails with a common thread of, okay, what are some actual tips that would spice things up? What Because we talk about a lot of the fundamentals and the interactions between you and your brain and and some of those. And we haven't really done much on, okay, what if you tried this position? What if you tried adding this? What if you, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So let's do that. Okay. <laughs> let's, okay. Let's go. Well, so I'm giving a heads up to everybody that's been wanting. Okay. Get a pencil and paper out unless you're driving. Don't do that. <laughs> but th- let's talk about, here's some, here's some things to just really spice it up to really Go go places maybe you haven't. Yeah, go let's 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 up the ante. Create some of that tension and anxiety that we talk about that is so titillating. Yes. Uh, And yeah, I remember we recently got an email from someone asking, you know, what are some practical things that we can do to spice things up? Because their interpretation of this whole Fifty Shades of Grey phenomenon that we talked about last week is that it's just it's given people kind of a green light to explore sides of their sexuality that they hadn't felt the freedom to explore before, to basically be naughty, to do things that they previously thought were forbidden. Yep. But you don't have to go to dark, dangerous, or especially painful places to be naughty. Yep. Um, and I, I actually like that word. Let me ask you this question, Corey. When is the first time that you recall hearing the word naughty? In what context, as children, oh, did well, adults use that word? That's Santa, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to find out who's naughty or nice. And if we were naughty, what did that mean? Uh-oh. Trouble. No gifts. Trouble. Lump of coal. No gifts. Exactly. And so it's been ingrained in us that, uh, that being naughty is a, is a bad thing, that there's not going to be any reward or payoff, that you're going to get a lump of coal. Yep. But the reality is, is that naughty is quite nice in the marriage bed. Now, the interesting, uh, interesting thing is I came across a video on this recently on the internet. Um, a sexpert out there, there's lots of sexperts out there besides me and Corey, obviously. Her name is Tracy Cox, which I had to, I had to chuckle at the irony of her last name. Um, but she talked about <laughs> the biological reason why we need naughty, especially as we get older. And it made so much sense to me, Corey. So I just wanted to share that with our listeners that from a biological standpoint, when we first meet our spouse or when we first meet the person that we wind up marrying, there is chemistry, there is attraction, there is connection. We don't need naughty in those beginning stages. We're just so happy with, oh my gosh, we're holding their hand and kissing them just makes my tongue tingle. And the idea of getting horizontal and bumping and grinding and all those things we did in the backseat of the car, that felt naughty enough. Right. You know, the fact that we couldn't do that in front of our parents, but yet we were doing it on Inspiration Point or, you know, wherever you were when you were a kid, um, a teenager, uh, that made it naughty enough. But over time, that's not naughty anymore. Right. It's very difficult to recreate that unknown. As we're getting, yeah, that anxiety and that tension in the backseat of the car, it is very difficult to recreate that. And so one of the points that she made was that, you know, from from an evolutionary standpoint, 
the reason that that's there in our early stages of our mating relationship is for procreation purposes of that chemistry draws us together. It makes sex so exciting, so fun, so energizing that it just comes so naturally to us. And then babies result. But after the babies have all been conceived and born, and now they're always leaving the nest type of a thing, you lose the, that, that need disappears. Right. There's no more biological drive pushing you in the direction of having sex with your partner. Right. And so she says that being naughty is a way of tricking your brain to recreate those endorphins that were created in the backseat of the car when we really were being naughty. Okay. And I thought that that made sense. Sure. So can we talk about being naughty today? Um, and, and how it can actually be quite nice. And I actually used that word. Um, our prime sex time is Saturday mornings because I'm a, a little bit of a later sleeper than my husband, but he certainly enjoys morning sex. And so I remember uh, a couple weeks ago just trying this out right after I watched this video. When he climbed in bed, I just said to him, I want naughty sex with you this morning. That was all that it took. <laughs> just that one statement. Okay. It's just like his blood pressure went out the roof. He was on his knees. He was ready. He was, was raring to go. It's yep. like, wow, that really did something magical to your brain just now. Yep. But and I think the idea of him knowing that I feel safe being naughty with him yep. made him take on that aura of power and control. And yeah, I'll show you naughty, baby. And it's so after 25 years of marriage, it, it works. Yeah, it works. It does. We can and, just... and it's amazing just the simplicity of, of opening your mouth and speaking mm -hmm. opens the door to things. And that's the one thing that we propose all the time, I think, isn't it? Uh, of this show, if you look at a universal thread, is start talking more. Start, yes. start pursuing more. And that's not necessarily just out, out of bed. In bed, talk more. And yes. Share what's going on, what you like, what you want, what you're thinking, what you want them to do, you know, just that kind of stuff that helps kind of teach those moments. And that often helps create a better bond and a better connection, which does light the fire. It does. I don't think that there's anything sexier, too, than being with someone who is sexually confident enough to say, this is what I've been thinking, yeah. or this is what I want, or this is what I want to do for you. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, I think for women especially, we're, we're wired to be such receptors. And when someone says to us, I want to do this to you, and yeah. they're confident about it, and this is not just a, well, what can I do for you? It, <laughs> <laughs> it comes across so much more powerful yeah. and alluring when when they when they take the when they take the lead. Yeah, and and keep, and keep in mind that these we're talking about people that you know, lot, that whole concept works when you already have a sex life that's not on life support. It, yeah. That, that's not as simple to just say, oh, well, they said start talking and that would make it fantastic. No, this is also, this is for the, the sexually functional more so, yeah. more so than the dysfunctional. And, and so it is kind of just ramping up an already okay sex life. That, I think that's where I, a lot of the stuff I'm thinking of in my mind would, go, would fall into that category. Because if you're in a dysfunctional, almost even a sexless marriage, that's a different beast altogether. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I would totally agree. And so I was kind of thinking, what are the ways that we can encourage our listeners to be naughty? 
and to spice things up a little bit. Okay. And well, you, you mentioned one last time on the last show, just start incorporating the, the color red. More. Yes. That's a yes. big one. Red is a very arousing color. So yep. when you're shopping for lingerie, when you're painting your fingernails, uh, when you're, uh, I mean, even getting a red scarf yep. and draping it over your lamp to where the room looks oh. kind of has a red tint. There you go. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I have to, I, I need to go write that down on a sticky note to remind myself later. <laughs> I have not done that yet. So I, it's like, Ooh, I love it when I come up with That's ideas. A good I one. Tried. Yeah. So, um, I was thinking the time of day when my brain is most sexually active is that last hour of sleep when I'm kind of in between sleep and awake. Okay. That's, that's when I think it's pretty common that most people will have really erotic yeah. thought dreams or fantasies. Yeah. And so what I want to encourage people to do is to lay there long enough to let that, let that kind of simmer mm -hmm. a little bit, L let your body actually have a response to that. In other words, let it turn you on. Yep. But the idea though, is that, you know, if you don't have time to act on it that morning, it could be an even hotter thing to kind of prolong that to maybe later that morning, send your spouse a text message. Uh, like for example, I sent one to Greg recently that said, you have no idea. And that's it. I left him dangling <laughs> and he literally had no idea what that was about. But of right. course, as soon as he had an opportunity to call me and find out, you know, no idea about what, I mean, you know, his, his, his curiosity was certainly peaked. So I said, you have no idea what I was fantasizing about this morning and what I'm hoping to do to you when you get home. Yep. He did not work late that night. <laughs> that wasn't even an issue yep. in his brain. It's like, work will wait until tomorrow. So let things simmer, really let your brain, give your brain, give your mind full permission to go wherever it chooses to go to create those feelings in your body, to send that, that message to your pituitary gland, to start sending blood flow down to your genitals. And, but, you know, capture that moment. Cause I think a lot of us, we get freaked out when that happens and we feel guilty for some reason. And yeah. we're, oh, let me just go take a shower and I'll just forget about it. Yeah. And then you really do forget about it. And then you never share that sexual energy with your spouse. And that's sad. That's poor stewardship of the energy that's being <laughs> created in your body. Yeah. Use, utilize the biological as much as you can. Absolutely. And yep. don't feel guilty or freaked out about what you fantasize about because sex is weird. You're going <laughs> to fantasize about things that you would never in a million years do. And as long as you both understand that, that the fantasies that you verbalize to one another are not things that you would ever act out on in a million years, then you're safe. Right. You're safe. Right. But so yeah, that's, I, the, that's using that to steer it towards your, towards your marriage. I mean, that's, yes. that's the idea of keeping a hundred percent of your sexual energy in the relationship. And for those people out there listening who share our Christian values, but are really nervous about being naughty and letting your fantasies roam wherever they choose to roam, uh, even into very uh, murky waters, uncharted territory, weird and twisted places, you know, we are told to take thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. And I think that by letting those thoughts and fantasies create that energy and arousal and interest, but channeling all that energy exclusively toward our spouse, not toward pornography, not toward masturbation, not toward another person, but channel all that energy toward your spouse. Isn't that what that means? Yeah. To take a thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. God gave us total freedom in the marriage bed. Yeah. And that includes fantasies, role play, conversations, acts, positions, 
all of the above. There is freedom to yeah. explore all these things. So be as naughty as you want to be right. in the marriage bed. There's a boundary there. You can get right up against it. And it's it's the safe place to explore these fantasies and what they do to your body. Yep. And um, I'm going to add to it from yep. here because you need to be naughty outside of the bedroom too. Yes. And that's not just having sex in other locations like the dining room table or the couch or the you know, in front of the fireplace or something like that. This is about doing things that push the boundaries of comfort level for both of you. <laughs> you know, the making the pass at each other while you're in a public place. Be discreet, but push the envelope. Because oftentimes that will ramp up the, that energy. You know, that, that what, what is it about the whole idea of when, when you're teenagers or when you're college kids and you're making out in the car, there's still that element of you could get caught? Mm-hmm. What's that, who says that has to die when you're married? Right. So Right. And for people who are freaking out going, but what if the children hear us? That alone can create that yeah. tension, not saying that you want your kids to hear you, <laughs> yep. but you didn't want the police officer to find you either. It just, it, it just, it's tension. That's yep. all we're talking about. That's, that's the, tension. yeah, use that to your advantage. That's the idea of when you go shopping together, like if, let's say you're going clothes shopping. And I, this is, I guess, a tip for the husbands, and she's checking out something, and she wants to try it on. Invite yourself into the dressing room with her. Ooh. <laughs> and it's not that you got to do a whole bunch of stuff, but just kind of be there and just say, I can tell you, you need firsthand knowledge of, of how that looks on you, honey. That's that's what that's my row. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That reminds me. My brother used to joke about how his dream job was to be a dressing room attendant at Victoria's Secret. You could actually be your wife's dressing room attendant at Victoria's Secret. What else do you need? I can can get something for you. Can I show you something (laughs) elsewhere? You know? I love it. I love it. But I think it's just playing, playing off of that helps because how much of what makes really fantastic sex is actually built up way before you actually get the chance to be together. Yes. I mean, cause some of the it can really play. be, yeah, some of it can really be rare. You can be rare and to go by the time you actually get a chance to be together. So it's just utilizing that dynamic between you. And then it, when you get a chance to be together, now you get opportunities to do things that are different. I came across one the other day. This, this would be something that probably be difficult to do if you got kids in the house and they're not like dead to the world type sleepers that there is the element that could come out because here's one that just, if you have a favorite show you like watching, watch the show naked together. And every time the commercials come on, you have to make out during the commercials. But as soon as the show comes back on, you have to stop and watch the show. Ooh, the start stop thing. Yep. <laughs> and then, I mean, and then you just kind of, and if it's a long show, wow. <laughs> that that could be really difficult, but, but Downton Abbey will not work for this because there are no commercials. <laughs> well, but, yeah, and a movie wouldn't work for this either. And if you TiVo something and fast forward the commercials, it won't work. But <laughs> it's just doing some of those things because that's an element of playfulness. Um, I think that's one thing that sex gets so routine sometimes. If you can add an element of playfulness, that adds a positive tension to it. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Here's another idea that I have, uh, especially for the men and I guess for the women too. Um, I do think that there is a specific order that makes sense sexually, not saying that you can't mix things up and do things out of the ordinary or whatever, but giving her the opportunity to have an orgasm first. I do think that that is pretty important for a couple of reasons. Number one, when a man comes first, then I'm sorry, but he's kind of toast for a little while. He needs that refractory period and that's okay. 
excuse me. Wait, he just wait, but he just needs that refractory period for an erection. Other parts of his body work fine. Ah, okay. <laughs> I mean, the tongue does the not need a refractory period. That's that is true. Fingers don't need refractory period. You know, that, come on, that let's let's that be is, real. That is true. But some men actually sometimes need to drift off to sleep for a few minutes. Like they, like if, if you're having a really wild, passionate lovemaking session, okay, and he exerts a ton of energy, and it just he just collapses on the bed in just this blissful state. Well, you think about it. What is the woman doing? Right. Twiddling She's laying there going, well, I'm glad that was so great for you, yep. but I guess I'm just going to lay here and read a book until you wake back up. Uh, so, yeah, all that to say, when a woman experiences orgasm, she doesn't need a refractory period. If anything, it so awakens her appetite to be penetrated. Right. That when she has that clitoral orgasm or she has that G-spot orgasm where she's squirting like crazy... What she automatically desires next is a penis to be inside her vagina. Yep. And when that has happened, it actually deepen it, it elongates the depth of her of her vaginal passage. Yep. Such that penetration, you can go much deeper, harder, and faster than if you attempt that when she hasn't had an orgasm yet. It can sex can actually be quite painful to a woman if she hasn't had an orgasm yet because. When he's knocking on the door of her cervix, I'm sorry, but she can feel that in her rib cage. Right. That can actually make her nauseous. Right. Uh, and my husband is listening, going, "Yeah, I, I'm deep enough. To, I can go deep enough to do that." There, <laughs> uh, it, 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 it doesn't. It's not necessarily a commentary on the length or size of his penis. I'm speaking the truth. The vaginal canal is only about three inches deep. Yeah. It's only three inches deep. So even a three and a half inch guy can really hurt her. Yep. If he doesn't warm her up first. So creating that orgasmic response will make her far more receptive to being penetrated much deeper without the pain. Yeah. And isn't that what you want? You want to create that intense pleasure and for her to scream out, ah, is never sexy. No. I'm sorry, but that is, that is a, that is a libido killer yeah. right there. Yeah, that pain, pain's not a good thing. We've talked about that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, another idea, I'm going to give a shout out. I have found a CD lately that I just play it over and over whenever I'm in my car or when I, you know, I'm cleaning house or whatever. And it just puts me in the mood. So I just thought, all right, I'm going to give them a shout out. Sugarland. Uh, they have a CD called Love uh, Love on the Inside. And get the extended version, the, the fan version that has some bonus tracks on there. Because there's a song on there called Come On Get Higher. And I know that other people have recorded the song too. There you go. <laughs> this is a sexy song. I would agree. Yeah. If, if, if someone tells me that they can... It's like I don't want to talk over. Oh, you go ahead. <laughs> if someone tells me that they can listen to this song and not start swaying their hips and get all, you know, just all titillated, yep. I, I would pay you money. Um, and the, I mean, the first song on the CD, all I want to do, it just, yeah. it puts you in the mood to check out of whatever you're doing and just go get naughty yep. with your spouse. Yep. So yeah, pay attention to what you're feeding in your mind throughout the day. And even the car ride home, that could be a great transitional period yep. to put yourself in the mood. And now some guys are going, well, that's great for me. But then I walk into the house and she's got kids around her ankles and dinner on the stove. And, she, and if I try to initiate 
you know, intimacy with her in that moment, she's going to look at me like I've lost my mind. Ladies, while the kids are watching Dora the Explorer or whatever, and you're making dinner, put a jam box in the, um, in the kitchen and cook to some music. Yeah. You know, just, whatever you have to do, just you need to carve out some time of your day that is that is dedicated to being transitory. It's a transition thing. Yep. Like at the end of my day, I go for a walk, and that just kind of helps me get out of the office so that when I go back in, I've kind of got my blood circulation going. I can check that off my to-do list and not have to worry about squeezing my workout in the rest of the day. And I try to listen to some music on my walk that when I come home, I'm ready to to snuggle up yep, and maybe even be naughty. Yep. So yeah, you got another idea for us? Well, Let's yes. Some of them, them out there. Well, some of them have a lot to do with the guy and the position. Um, there's, there's definite benefit to not, I mean, well, if you think of just the typical, typical missionary position, that's not a whole lot of clitoral stimulation right. as you're going through it. But if fellas, if you will, tilt your body up a little bit more as you're penetrating her there's a chance that they great creates the possibility and and even the dynamic of the the fatty part right above at the at, right above the base of your penis which there's a pad there that's the intent for sex of that actually stimulating yeah that actually stimulating her her clitoris while you are penetrating her and it's just an angle. It's just a different angle of penetrating her rather than just the straight in tilt, kind of pull your body up on top of her a little bit more. So you're going down a little bit and that helps bring in clitoral stimulation. The other is as you're having intercourse, wrap your arms around her so that you're just in an embrace and you're grinding with each other. Is that that also lends itself to a whole lot of kissing. So if you enjoy kissing while you're having sex, that's a great place because she can wrap her legs around you and her arms around your your upper torso or your your neck. That's some of the lyrics in Sugarland about oh, see, there uh, you a, go. <laughs> a, a tangled mess of arms and le- or yep. tangled lace of arms and legs. Yeah, I mean, I'm wanting Greg to come home early just hearing you talk about that. And, and then the other thing that I think of, and this is kind of. I'm going to say it's kind of universal as a guy. I don't know for sure, but most men enjoy their wife using his penis as something to pleasure her when she, when she does that and just kind of, Hey, take your time. You know, you bring yourself some pleasure. I will be the instrument for you. That's fine. (laughs) That most men enjoy that. Abuse me, abuse me. That's right. Take, (laughs) Hey, I I got all night, baby. You just go, you know, whatever you need. So, but it's just the, it's just the willingness to kind of explore and take charge of yourself. Cause that's the one thing you talked about of if men need a refractory period and a woman is sitting there really unsatisfied, well, okay. Could she continue on without him for a short time? And then he comes back in and joins in the fun. If he knows that she's laying there masturbating without him, it's not going to take him long to get that nap yeah. out. I wouldn't imagine. It would be like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, don't start without me. Come on. <laughs> exactly. But, Corey, you just used an expression, taking charge. I do think that that is so, it, it's such a vital element in the dynamic. Yep. When Greg says, I want to do this to you, or I want you to do this to me, uh, or, or I really love it when he's like, you know, let's focus on you tonight. You know, like, I don't want this to be about me. Just, you just tell me what you want. There is just something about that 
that is very arousing to a woman yep. when a man is taking charge. It's what you referred to a few episodes ago as piggishness. And some people took offense to the word, yeah. but I totally understood what you're saying yeah. of just know what you want and go for it. Yep. Don't be all pussyfoot about it. Pardon the pun. Uh, just, just take charge. Yeah. Take charge. But I also want to challenge women to do the same thing. I think that men enjoy it when a woman will take on the leadership role on occasion and and turn the tables and take charge, whether that means getting on top, whether that means initiating, whether that means infusing a new idea into the mix. I think that men love being sexually pursued by their wives. Yeah. So step up to the plate, girlfriends. Yeah. And I just saw this while we were talking. Um the, the whole idea of speaking up, and this is a targeting the wife, that unless you tell your husband what you like, he's most likely going to do what he likes. Mm-hmm. So, and you got you to speak up. So it's that whole idea of, hey, this is what I want. This is what I think. This is what, you know, and I love that kind of concept. Just engaging yourself and your spouse in the middle of sex. Yep. Or even asking your spouse in, in the foreplay stages what can I do for you? Yeah. It, but don't be very careful about how you word that. It's not, what, what do you want me to do? It's what would you like for me to do? Right. <laughs> but be, you know, be assertive with it. Also another idea. I think that a lot of couples get it set in their heads that you can either have intercourse or you can have oral sex or you can use a vibrator. But I just want to challenge people that it doesn't have to be an either or every time Yeah, you can combine any of those or go back and forth between any of those. And um, it's some couples have said to me that the most intense orgasms that she experiences is when he is using both a, a vibrator or a, you know, like an egg or you know whatever uh, and his tongue simultaneously yep. that he's just kind of going back and forth or maybe he's putting the vibrator inside of her while he's focusing his tongue on her clitoris. And so Think in terms of combining some activities yep. and seeing if that doesn't really up the tension and even just being surprised by that um, of, oh my gosh, this is something new. That alone can be enough to really increase her sexual blood pressure. And the, I like that you just opened that arena of oral sex because that leads itself to, fellas, when you're doing oral sex on your wife, work your way through the alphabet and see how far you can, what letter you can get to. <laughs> Oral sex is definitely something that um, it may take some practice because you don't automatically know what feels good right. to your spouse's genitals. Right. But practice makes perfect. Yep. And uh, yeah, we've done some shows on that too. So go back and listen to those shows about how sometimes it's just a stroll in the park is all she needs. Yep. She doesn't need, a, you know, you poke an elevator button over and over. Hey, Corey, I got one more practical idea but it serves a double duty. Um, you know how the idea we've talked about incorporating all your senses, you know, smells and sights and touches and right. feels and right. um, the idea of feeding, of feeding one another yeah. is obviously very sexy. Yeah. There's actually something that you can feed each other that, uh, especially as you're getting older, could be beneficial, not just for the reason of arousing the, the taste buds, but, it also could cure a practical problem that comes up when we get horizontal. Any of you who are over the age of 45 probably might know what I'm talking about. When you get horizontal, sometimes acid reflux right. is an automatic response right. that your, your esophagus just does not hold the contents of your stomach down. And when you lay down, it just starts coming back up. There is nothing less sexy than 
feeling the taste of vomit in your mouth because of acid reflux. Marshmallows, miniature marshmallows will absorb the acid in your esophagus. Uh-huh. So keep a little bag of miniature marshmallows in your bedside table and just feeding each other a few marshmallows. I mean, they're sweet. It can tease each other with them, but they're actually curing the issue that uh, that may come between the two of you during lovemaking. So I, I, when I read that, I <laughs> who, thought that is the most practical yeah, who piece knew? of advice for foreplay yeah. that I've who, ever read. Who knew there was so much that you could do with marshmallows? That's awesome. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. And what I what we hope that you get from this is that you will incorporate a little bit of naughty. Because remember, Santa Claus isn't real. So great sex can be real. And maybe by adding a little bit of naughty, that ups it in your world. So wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, thank you for second, taking some time out of your day. And if you're interested in adding a little bit of spice, you can check out one of our sponsors at, at CovenantSpice.com. They have some great discreet stuff. They, it's a great place to check that out. Well, to you and yours, hope you have a great rest of your day. See you next time.